Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. This is the Packers Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Packers Wire editor, Zach Cruz. All right, welcome to the program. Ryan O'Leary here alongside Zach Cruz, as I am every week. Another great game for the Packers, man. Devontae Adams is out. Alan Lazard is out. And still, I mean, one of my big questions about this team, you know, over the first couple weeks of the season was, what would they do if their depth was tested? And I just, I feel like that question has now been thrown out the window because Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are just executing at a, at a very, very high level. And the Packers look really, really freaking good. And they looked good again against the uh, crappy Atlanta Falcons on Monday night, but uh, what's going on right now in Packers country? A lot to feel good about. Yeah, who needs uh, wide receivers, right? Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Monday night wasn't probably their biggest win of the year, but I still think it was a really important one. You know, obviously the Falcons are struggling, but, you know, the Packers were really banged up going to that game, too. You know, obviously without Devontae and Alan Lazard, didn't have Kenny Clark, and they still cruised to a really comfortable win, I thought. Played really well in offense, even without their two top receivers, and now now they're 4-0 going to the bye with a chance to get healthy before a for a really tough stretch in their schedule, actually. So I thought it was a good test for them, overcame a bunch of injuries, and still won a game that everyone expected them to win. This is probably on your Twitter and on Packers Wire, but four weeks in, the Packers have scored 152 points, and I didn't realize they haven't turned it over. So they haven't had one turnover all year, and I saw your tweet that Rodgers hasn't even thrown a pass that like is has been graded like turnoverable, right? Like he hasn't yeah. even put the ball in harm's way. So man, like yeah. I gotta say, LaFleur is like my coach of the year right now and Rogers is my MVP. Like I'm on a campaign right now, a Packers campaign, because that's an unbelievable stat. Unreal. Yeah, they haven't really even came close to a turnover to be honest. That PFF does the does the grading on turnover worthy plays and Rogers is the only quarterback without one and their only fumble was I believe an Aaron Jones fumble out of bounds, like at the very end of a play in week one. So yeah, they're protecting the ball, scoring a lot of points. And that's a, that's a good formula for winning games. And good for them for, and good for LaFleur for morphing, you know, the play calling and morphing the scheme each week based on the personnel. Right. And we saw it on Monday night. They just shredded the Falcons, throwing it to the backs and the tight ends. I think back to what's that line in Billy Madison? Like, I'm glad I called that guy. Well, I'm glad I picked up yeah. uh, Tanyan in fantasy, like we talked about last week. I did pick him up, and boy, was that fun. That was awesome. I mean, big Bob's coming out party on national TV right there. So, three touchdowns. That was unbelievable. So, for man. sure. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was just an, another awesome game plan for Matt LaFleur. You know, it was really amazing to watch it, you know, kind of rewatch it in some detail and just see all the open running backs and tight ends he created in the passing game without having like, any real threat at receiver. So, you know, he made life really easy on Aaron Rodgers for most of the night. I think you and I have talked about this actually a bunch this year, but Rodgers just isn't having to make a bunch of really like difficult throws every week. Look at a couple of those touchdown passes to Tanya, you know, and he's throwing to a wide open receiver with whether he's, you know, under underneath down the field. So the Packers just don't need Aaron Rodgers to play like a superhero every week. And Matt LaFleur is putting him in a position to play like one still. So 
think we're finally getting to see what the McVay Shanahan offense kind of looks like with you know one of the greatest quarterbacks ever under center. Oh yeah, one of my favorite plays was when they they did the bunch formation and the Falcons literally tackle Tanyan and he just pops back up and he's just wide open in the end zone. Rodgers just throw him the ball. It's like they're laughing on the field. Like that was pretty easy, right? This is this is what it's like right now in Packers country. And you're tweeting about it. Like defenses, are, you know, can't really they don't really know how to play against the Packers right now. Everything they try, especially in man coverage, is it's just not working. Guys are like running into each other, like falling yeah. over. It's like going crazy out there. And the Packers are just yeah. reaping all the benefits. Yeah, I think that's that's the beauty of what the Packers are doing right now. They're they're really killing man coverage with scheme and then they're killing zone coverage with, you know, an experienced and really talented quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's exactly the mix you want. Like you said, every every single week you're seeing LaFleur running these motions and bunch formations and tight alignments and defenses just can't handle it. You're you're seeing blown coverages. Guys are running into each other in the secondary. That first time you touchdown, you see the safety react to the motion. He comes down. He runs into the linebacker who's supposed to be covering Tanya, and he's wide open. So, you know, and you mentioned the the last touchdown to Tanya, too, where the guy essentially had to tackle him because he didn't know which way he was going out of a bunch set. So, Good defense. Yeah, I, I think Lafleur's scheme is putting so much pressure on defense both before the snap and after. Yeah, and we can't even blame the Falcons because they've been doing this to everybody. You know, right. uh, Zach, if I told you that Tanyan was going to be challenging, you know, going for Randy Moss's, uh, going for Randy Moss numbers, 20 touchdowns, you probably would have smacked me preseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't think anyone saw this coming. I, most people thought Jay Sternberger was going to be the big breakout tight end, but it's it's obviously Robert Tanyan. I, I think I told you last week that six to eight touchdowns was was in his range, but we might have to bump that up quite a bit oh, for this it's year. It's time to bump it to double digits. Let's see it. Big yeah. Bob. I love it. Big Bob. He's going to be my starting tight end for the rest of the season. I'll tell you that when he comes back from the bye. Pretty sweet. Another thing I really liked, and you know, uh, we've been talking about the offense, all the defense really has to do, Zach, and you've been tweeting about this, is they just don't have to give up the big play, right? If they just play solid defense, tackle what's in front of them, don't give up the big play, the Packers are going to be fine this year. They're going to be really, really hard to beat if the offense continues to uh, operate like this. And they did that to the Falcons. The Falcons, I think you wrote, had six total plays of 15 or more. I mean, come on. I mean, that's just like dink and dunk right there. The Packers are making the plays, held them to 4.8 yards per play. One thing I love, I love, I love, they didn't let the Falcons score their stupid garbage time touchdowns at the end of the game, right? Yeah. You know, hurry up offense right. thing. And they shut that down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still not totally sure what to make of this defense, but well, you kind of hit it on the head there that they're not, they didn't allow explosive plays. They, they made the Falcons work for all their points. I still think they have some, some really bad moments thrown in there and then they're tackling really, really bad to start the season. But uh, I think they, they might have a formula, you know, make these guys work to go down the field and score, just be decent enough against the run. And then, you know, let that offense build up a lead and then, then they can go into attack mode. And obviously the day Smith came alive with three sacks and a bunch of pressures. So I think this defense is going to be best when they can pin their ears back, disrupt the quarterback. It's a pretty sweet formula. Never, ever turn it over. Score a million points and don't let the opposing team get any explosive plays. That's a pretty sweet formula the Packers got going there for them. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to lose many games doing that kind of stuff. No, no. There's another thing that I I absolutely love that's going on with the Packers right now. I'm going to get Zach's take on that. We'll, We'll talk about it here coming up. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week five. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater faces the Atlanta Falcons, which is the worst defense of quarterbacks through four weeks. 
Atlanta has many injuries on the back end, and Carolina has plenty of ways to exploit this defense. It has been so bad even Nick Foles threw three touchdowns and a half just a couple weeks ago. With Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers on a bye, consider Teddy Bridgewater as a viable starting quarterback. Jacksonville Jaguars running back James Robinson has the best matchup in the league for rushing yards generated. Houston has given up 651 yards on the ground in four games, including six rushing touchdowns. That's one every 20 carries. In addition, running backs have added another touchdown through the air. There's no telling how Houston will respond to the firing of head coach Bill O'Brien this week, but what we do know is this is a prime matchup to be exploited, and Robinson should be a running back too in all redraft lineups. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Zach Pascal has a fine matchup of his own. The Cleveland Browns have given up eight touchdowns in four games against wide receivers. Names on the list include the likes of Willie Sneed, Mike Thomas, no, not that Mike Thomas, and Dontrell Inman. As you can see, that's not exactly a high bar to cross. Pascal will have some ups and downs, and Phillip Rivers has struggled, but this is a great matchup, and he's playable in a pinch. Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Eric Ebron comes back from their premature bye week to face the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a fine gamble for owners who are looking for a fill-in tight end, or even a flex play. Philadelphia has permitted the position to score once every six and a half catches, which is the fourth highest rate. Just four teams have allowed more yards and more catches to the position in 2020, and a little extra time to prepare works in Pittsburgh's favor. Be sure to stay up on the latest news and notes, especially with COVID-19's impact on fantasy football. For more information, check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I don't know. Every every team is different. Every year is different. And, you know, circumstances in, in any year which allow you to have more success or, or make it more difficult for success just kind of depends on the situation. Um, it does help being in the second year, for sure. I feel a lot more comfortable. But... You know, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about, you know, down years for me because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. Yeah! Yeah! Yes! 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 <laughs> that was awesome. I am so happy you said that. Oh, my God. That's just like a, that is. Yeah. Drop a dime. That was awesome. Good for you, dude. Hey, wow. it's just the facts, bro. Hey. Uh, Pat McAfee, his show, he's kind of a goofball, Zach. That was awesome. But I loved, like, I, I kind of loved every part of that, right? And and one thing that I love the most is the Rodgers swagger. And it is back, man. It is back in full force. Rodgers has found that thing. He, he's got the ass again or something, however you want to say it. I, and I love the quote there, you know, saying that my, you know, my down years are career year for most quarterbacks. And we've seen it been like, we've seen it happening. This is like a Rodgers revival year. It really is. He is having fun. He's joking around with his teammates on the field. You know, you see him interacting with Tanya after some of those plays. We saw him do a touchdown celebration, right? And he's to see the video of him on the Pat McAfee show there, just kind of slinked back, laying back. 
beanie on, just chilling, like, hey, man, hey, bro, like, what do you, what do you expect? Like, I'm Aaron Rodgers, so, <laughs> man, he is back. He is back in full force, and I love it. Yeah, first of all, I got to say, I, I just love listening to Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. He's a really insightful and introspective person, usually, but I, I just feel like he's been so unfiltered and just awesome on that show. He just seems so comfortable saying whatever he wants to say about anything, obviously. Obviously, that quote was amazing, and it's probably true, to be honest. I just think... It's been really entertaining to listen to every week. Uh, I do think it all ties together in a way because Rogers is, and he even said it in the in the clip. He, he's just so comfortable and at ease and everything he's doing on the field. And I, I truly believe him when he says he he feels at peace. Everything looks fun for him right now, and I, I think it goes back to the offense and Matt Lafleur and just how easy and how fun they've made it for him this year. So, like I said earlier, he doesn't have to be the superhero every week, and that has to be an amazing feeling for a guy who has had to do that for so long. We were joking around about uh, Big Bob's projections for 20 touchdowns. I mean, Rodgers, he's thrown for 13 TDs and zero interceptions. So, as as you know, we tend to do as reporters or whatever, we'll, we'll project that out when it's a fun number, and this one happens to be a fun number. That puts Rodgers <laughs> on pace for 52 touchdown passes, Zach, and zero interceptions. That's a good, those are good numbers. Those are good numbers. Uh, that would that would be a pretty good year. Yeah, be a career yeah. year for him, I think you could say. <laughs> so for me, it's like, okay, so whether Rodgers wants to admit that they were down years or not, it's fine. I mean, when you're one of the best quarterbacks of all time, we're going to judge you on a different scale, right? So your your down years are going to be more criticized than, you know, uh, you know Jeff Driscoll over in Denver or whatever. Right, <laughs> I mean, right. So yeah. what's been the, the main source of the revival? I mean, was it him kind of souring on Mike McCarthy and that relationship maybe souring a little bit or maybe that it was time for a change and then just kind of giving LaFleur a chance and letting this build a little bit now that it's, and now it's kind of starting to blossom. Like, what do you think is the source of the, of the revival? Is it, is it Jordan Love being here? You know what I mean? Like, what do you think the source is? I think change is good for anyone, especially Aaron Rodgers in this, in this situation. I, I do think he had a good relationship with Mike McCarthy, but that whole relationship, I think, ran its course. And Matt LaFleur has come in here and he's brought a really, really good scheme that we've seen it work across the NFL, you know, Sean McVay turned Jared Goff into a really good quarterback. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan turned Jimmy Garoppolo into a really good quarterback. And now we have Matt LaFleur in year two with Aaron Rodgers playing at a super high level. So I, he keeps using the word comfortable. And I, I do think that's the key word. He's just comfortable in everything they're doing. And, you know, LaFleur is making it easy on him. And I, I keep talking about the superhero thing, but I think there was a lot on his shoulders and he felt it the entire time with Mike McCarthy. And I just don't think he feels that way anymore. And it's probably a, a very relieving feeling for him. That's maybe what we're seeing is uh, Matt LaFleur turning a great quarterback into a superhuman quarterback. <laughs> that's kind of what, yes. that's what we're seeing. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a combination of a really talented quarterback with a really great scheme. So I think the results are following. So as Zach said earlier, the Packers are hitting their bye week at kind of a great time. Uh, they're rolling right now and got a couple injuries, right? So a chance for them to get healthy. The next segment, we'll talk about kind of where the Packers are at entering the bye week. We'll get into that here coming up. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and BetSlippin Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet on Week 5 Sunday night football matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored to win by seven points at home. Seahawks plus seven road dogs over under 57 and a half points. Jeff, I know we're both on the Seahawks to win this game and cover the seven points. How do you feel about that over under? 
Yes, and I'm on the over in this game. Both the Vikings and the Seahawks have gone over the total in three of their four games this season. The Vikings have scored 30-plus in three of their four games, and the Seahawks have scored 30-plus in all four games. Also, a nice little trend here. The over is cash in four of the last five Seahawks primetime home games, with the other game being a push. Overs are abundant in the NFL this season. The sportsbooks are starting to take note. This 57.5 figure, way too high. Sunday night football matchup boosting that up as well. Check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet7 Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Zach, so an injury for the Packers that shouldn't go unnoticed is the ACL injury to rookie tight end Josiah DeGuara, right? I mean, the Packers have a little bit of depth at that tight end position as we're seeing, you know, Sternberger, Big Bob, all that. But, I mean, how does this impact the team going forward, do you think, losing this kid? Yeah, I do think they had a decent role carved out for him as, you know, kind of an H-back guy in the offense who could play some tight end, play some fullback, you know, run routes, block, so... I do think it's a big loss, but I also think they, you know, they have some versatility at tight end to survive. I think Tanya can do a lot of the things that the, the move tight end does in this offense. Jay Sternberg actually played a bunch of age back last year when a bunch of guys were hurt. And they have a have another guy from Princeton, John Lovett, who is actually a lot like Dubois as a player. So it obviously sucks to lose a third round pick to a season ending injury this early in the season. But I, I do think the Packers are deep enough at tight end to be OK. Obviously, Devontae didn't play in this game. Maybe they were justified, as I think I'm stealing this from you. Like, we watched the Falcons bring Julio Jones back. And let's be honest here, the Falcons were a little bit more desperate than the Packers. They had to do something, right? So I think maybe they rushed Julio Jones back. He doesn't make it through the game with his hamstring. The Packers play it safe with Devontae Adams. And now we can kind of hope that when they get back from the bye, Devontae is kind of humming it all on all cylinders again. Yeah, exactly. You know, obviously Devontae didn't like sitting out and he clearly thought he was going to play, but what happened with Julio is exactly what the Packers were trying to avoid. You know, he re-injured the hamstring Monday night, left the game, and now, you know, who knows when he'll be back for the Falcons. But the Packers know for sure that they'll get Adams back after the bye. So hamstring injuries are tricky. You know, it's it's something you got to let heal. I think the Packers wanted to make absolutely sure that, you know, his was healed up. And having the bye week had to have played a factor. It really gave the Packers yeah. some incentive to sit him on Monday night. So now they know for sure he'll, he'll be healthy coming out of the bye. And obviously they didn't need him to score 30 points on that defense. So yeah, it, it all worked out, I think. Yeah. This Packers seems finding a way right now. It doesn't matter what the personnel is. They find a way. But, you know, speaking of that, uh, what's the latest timeline on uh, Alan Lazard? You know, how long will he miss, do you think? Yeah, I think they, they put him on IR. So it's going to be at least three games, I think. Some of the reported timelines has been about a month, so maybe a little bit more. So I think that's actually a great timeline for them. He's going to miss some some important games coming up. You know, Buccaneers, I think they play the Texans after that on the road. So 
know, he's going to miss some important games, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be a season-ending injury. Yeah, that's a good sign. And then the Packers are a legit NFC champion contender, a legit Super Bowl contender right now. Like, this is where we're at right now with the Packers. And that makes you think, like, what can they do between now and maybe the trade deadline or now looking at potential free agents? There's lots of guys on the street right now that you might be able to bring in if you feel like there's some holes on that defense you want to shore up. Uh, it seemed like uh, Snacks Harrison the defensive lineman there, it seemed like the Packers were you know, kicking the tires on that a little bit, but we now know that's not going to happen. But are there any like free agents, Zach, that you might want to see the Packers take a look at or any that are they're linked to right now? I think Snacks Harrison would have been a great fit for that defensive Seriously, line. Yeah, it, it seemed like a good they, they need a run stuffer, but it's pretty clear that he didn't want to be in Green Bay if he you know, signed on Seattle's practice squad because I think the Packers probably could have found a, found a roster spot for him. In terms of other options, uh, maybe a veteran like Brandon Meebang along the, the defensive line, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just stick with what they have at this point, to be honest, because yeah. Kenny Clark's going to be coming back after the bye. Tyler Lancaster played really well against the Falcons. They've been getting some contributions from Kingsley Kiki and Montrevious Adams, so... The defensive line might be okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they looked around at the receiver market, you know, maybe another tight end to add some depth there. But it's also really hard to add players in, in this new NFL with COVID. So, you know, it, it might be a situation where they, they just kind of stick with what they have. So what's your life look like this weekend with no Packers game? You still watching a lot of football? I don't know. I'm, I, I might I might take the weekend off family of football time. and just go. Yeah, family time. I have a almost five-month-old daughter, so probably going to hang out with her recharge the batteries a little bit and get ready for the stretch run here hey zach have a great week man i'll talk to you next time right sounds good ryan thank you this usa today sports podcast has been presented by usa today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store make sure to subscribe for weekly updates the latest fantasy picks from Corey bonini and the huddle podcast inside the weekly line with sportsbook wires jeff clark and Eston mclaren and the bet slipping podcast we'll see you again next week Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.